Hello, everyone, and welcome to Paranormal Roundtable, PRT for short. My name is Josh Turner, also known as Wolf, and I'm going to be your host. And my co-host tonight will be uh, my nephew, Zane. Zane, you want to say hello? Hello, hello, everyone. Uh, Tony couldn't be here tonight. Tony's going to be in and out because he's got a lot of work he's doing with our company. So um, he's moving up. So he's got a lot of work he's going to be doing, and he'll be uh, hosting you know, as much as possible. But um, he couldn't make it tonight. We have a guest in, uh, tonight, and um, before we before we introduce her, my email address is doswolfman88 at gmail.com, doswolfman88 at gmail.com. Send us your stories, folks. Any kind of weird, strange, or unusual stories you have, um, I'm going to take a look at them, and if they're, if they're uh, you know, not too crazy, then I'll throw them in the trash, because I want the really crazy ones. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Whatever you got, just send it to me and we'll see what we can do. Okay? And uh, we also have PRTPodcast.com. That's our website, PRTPodcast.com. We have all kinds of stuff. We have all the shows on there. We have a store. You can buy uh, PRT merch, a shirt, a phone case, mug, sweatshirts, whatever. And then we have uh, stickers and, and whatever else we got going on there. And also, we have artwork. You can submit your artwork to that to that uh, particular website. Um, so that being said, uh, be sure and check out our groups, Paranormal Roundtable uh, group. We have it on Facebook, Paranormal Encounters, Paranormal Lounge, Cryptids and Paranormal Reality, which is Lori Shivers, and the Encrypted Squad, which is Michael Moran. Um, those are the groups on Facebook. You can hit us up and then go check out my fan page and, and like the fan page, it helps us out, and then also the Paranormal Roundtable fan page. And uh, so the, the, that that's all that. Okay, we got that out of the way. Uh, we have a lot to talk about, so we're going to try to jump right into it. One other thing, if you're listening to us on whatever platform you're listening to, uh, be sure and go to YouTube just to like and subscribe. Uh, that helps us out. Like the shows and subscribe and whatever. And then you can go back to your other platforms or whatever it is you want to, you know, because that helps us out with YouTube and helps support the show. And also, as always, buying merchandise in the store helps support the show and and going out and wearing your shirt. And when someone asks what you're wearing that creepy shirt for, tell them that (laughs) it is part of a cult and you belong to it. I'm just kidding. Don't say that. Tell them that you like Paranormal Roundtable. And that you're a listener and tell them all about the show. Tell them your favorite episodes and tell them to check it out. And then if they come back to you and say, I didn't like it, then you punch them in the nose. You're not friends with them anymore. It's in the discussion. Once again, that's a joke. Don't go out and actually do that. And then say, oh, Josh Turner told me to beat this person up. So if you beat someone up, it's on you, man. It's on you, kid. But uh, it's your world. We're just we're just living in it and doing radio. So here we are. We have a guest tonight, and it her name is Lisa Lichen. Not her real name, but we're going to go by that because that's that's the handle that she chose long, long ago. She's got a pretty interesting story. Now, here's the backstory on her. We actually recorded with her uh, probably eight, nine months ago. Right, Lisa? I believe. Almost a year ago, in fact. Uh, okay. It's been about a year. This is a long time ago. And... Um, it it ended up getting messed up. The recording got got all messed up or whatever. I blame Lisa for that, but you know it's whatever. <laughs> and so we decided we were going to redo it. Neither party was really happy with the finished uh, product, so we decided we were going to redo it. And here we are, finally getting it together to, to to redo it. Now she's got a pretty interesting story. Lisa, you've been on Dogman Encounters, right? 
Yes, um, I've also been on Venomous Fringe, um, The Confessionals, and uh, a few other podcasts in the past. Yeah, and so um, it's a pleasure for me to to get you on there. We're friends, uh, me and Lisa, and I'm also friends with your uh, your significant other, and and he's a cool guy. Right. And yeah. so you guys are we're all in groups together, and we 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 talk regularly. We're pretty good friends. I, I think we're friends, and so. Um, yeah. We just kept trying to get get it together to where we could get this done, and so now here we are. So, Lisa, without further ado, you want to jump right in and start telling us a little about yourself and and give us the uh, the, the four one one on on what you're here to talk about. Sure. Um, well, I'm gonna try to make it as sh- as short as I can because it's kind of a long story, as you know. But um, basically, I started to have encounters with cryptids. Um, my earliest memory of that is probably age four or five, um, off and on up to now. And I'm not ashamed to say I'm going to be turning 47 this coming Saturday. So, um, well, happy birthday. Thank you. Um, I had some pretty traumatic experiences, especially in childhood, um, concerning a creature that some of your listeners, if they've heard me on other podcast talking about this that I've I've come to call blondie because the color of her fur was a dark blonde. So I've talked about her on a few other shows. Um still to this day I'm really not sure what she was. Um really not sure if she was a dog man or or a gugwee. Um I've had both suggested to me, but I, I do know that she wasn't a Bigfoot because I've seen those two and she didn't look anything like those. Um but anyway can you explain I to the think, listeners what a what a gugwi is? Because a lot of them may not know that. Okay, so gugwi, I believe that's a Native American term from for something that is, I guess, it basically looks like a dogman and a Bigfoot had a baby, but they're supposed to have a horrible temper compared to the two. Um, there's a lot of old timers that I've actually talked to up in um, Montana and Minnesota that supposedly have seen them that far up north. I'm, I'm originally from Vermont myself, but um, they're known to be up in the, the colder regions, and some people call them Wendigos, um, surprisingly, because I, I'd always thought a Wendigo was something else. But I guess some Native people actually refer to them as Wendigos. Uh, lots of hair, or fur, um, lots of sharp teeth. The, the one that I had um, encounters with definitely had a mouthful of sharp teeth um, that I'd seen a few times. And, um, the legs are different. The legs are different. They're straight. Um, or at least from, from what I saw, they were straight. I had a, it was pretty close. I had, I actually had physical contact with this creature, um, a couple of times, but, um, just to, before we get into that, I, I basically got into this field back in 2001 only, um, because I had seen on the discovery channel, a really interesting documentary that's become one of my favorites. It was called Bigfootville. I don't know if you heard of it. It was about a, it was about a small town in Oklahoma that was having a rash of Bigfoot sightings. And, um, I don't know if it's still, if you can find it anywhere, but if, if you can, I, I definitely recommend it. So that kind of, that kind of bit the bug for me because back in my twenties, um, I, I've lived a lot of different places. So, was in Vermont for a while. I ended up moving away and I moved back for a year when I was 21 to my stepfather's land, which he still owns. 
It's about 157 acres on a mountaintop in Vermont. There was a lot of strange activity up there. It's still going on. The last time I was there was this past July, actually, for my sister's wedding. And we had some strange stuff go on during the ceremony. Uh, so he's got something up there. Um, I haven't had a full-on sighting. I, I've caught glimpses of it, but my my stepdad's kind of secretive about it, but he just refers to them as the neighbors, quote-unquote. <laughs> so um, so I knew about term. that. Right. I knew about that, and I um, I started to research, you know, Bigfoot, really got into that phenomenon, like, obsessively, found BFRO, uh, joined a couple of chat groups online. I mean, this was back in the early 2000s when we really weren't as advanced on the Internet as we are now. Uh, got into that, and um, it started, the more that I researched, the, the more that I, I began to have memories. So I had blocked my early childhood memories out for a long time. And when they were starting to come back, I kind of thought that I was, first I thought that I, I must have dreamt that, you know, or it didn't happen, or it was my imagination, but I began to remember more and more detail. And so over the years, as I began to remember more, I really wanted to tell somebody my story, but I was really afraid of ridicule, mostly because I would listen to people's um, podcasts or radio shows, and usually it was a guest coming on that was just talking about one encounter that they had. Well, I began to realize that I'd had multiple encounters, and for that reason alone, I was scared to tell anybody my, you know, my stories, what I'd experienced, because I felt like there was something wrong with me for a long time. So, uh, and then I started to feel kind of, kind of angry and disgruntled about it. Cause I was like, how come I've, I've had multiple encounters and all these other people that are coming out have just had like one or two at the most. So, um, so I didn't talk about it, but back in 2015, because I had obsessively, you know, when, when I wasn't working nearly as much as I work now, but I would obsessively listen to, you know, Bigfoot shows or just whatever I could find on YouTube. And as a suggestion, Dogman Encounters came up. And at first, I took it as a joke. I thought it was funny. I'd never heard of the term Dogman before. And I was like, just because I thought it was funny, I was like, okay, I got to check this out. So I listened to my very first um, episode of Dogman Encounters. And I'm not even sure what number it was. But it was it was five years ago. So it was definitely one of the earlier episodes. But I started listening to Vic and I started listening to his guest and some of the descriptions that they gave. And all of a sudden I realized that not everything that I had seen had been a Bigfoot. So I reached out to Vic and let me tell you, I, I have nothing but absolute respect for the man. I, I really, I have a place in my heart for him because he's, he's an amazing person. Oh yeah, Vic is a great dude. He yeah. is. The first conversation I had with him, he stayed on the phone with me for seven hours wow and that was just to talk me through and help me process what i had experienced yeah uh just for me real quick uh how many how many encounters do you think you had over that 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 like amount of time because 157 acres that's a lot of land oh up there yeah. um there was a lot of stuff that went on there but it was it wasn't just in vermont that was the thing that bothered me so much about it because oh, okay i see yeah. So I've, I've lived all over all over the country. I've lived in Europe. I, I lived in Hawaii for a while. Okay, well-traveled. Um, wow. Yeah, mostly. I mean, part of it was because my, my parents split up, but also I, I'm, a, I'm a U.S. Army vet. Yeah. And then I was married to a soldier who um, I've gotten divorced from. Well, thank you for and your service. Thank you. And then 
we also just uh, we moved around because of jobs for a while. So I've lived in a lot of different places. So, like I said, that was that was part of the reason why I didn't want to talk about it for a while because you know I would listen to these other guys um, talking to people, you know, on some shows that I I won't I won't badmouth any shows, but I've heard some people tell guests that what they experienced couldn't have happened, you know, because because Bigfoot didn't do that or. Well, what you saw had to be a, a Bigfoot. It just had dog ears or, or whatever, you know, all of these things that really made me shy away from everybody else except Vic. So, you know, once I told Vic my story, I got introduced into, into the dogman community. Um, I mean, I still, still definitely fascinated by Bigfoot, but the past five years I've really been focusing on dogman, especially, um, found a lot of support, but you know, also have kind of found that there's a lot of people that don't have your best interests at heart either. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. The, so. the, uh, the social ridicule in some of these communities is kind of upsetting. It is. It is. And, and then they're in the group and, and that's a group for that. And there's people just in there to make fun and you, know, and, and you have to get exactly. rid of them. Exactly. You know? And the amount of absolutism and yes. in, in, in an area where apparently nobody, like this is why we're researching. Nobody knows what these things are. Yeah, hundred percent. Right. So like I mean but there's people that are like, they're flesh and blood or right. they're demons. And that's the <laughs> yeah. both camps are yes. just annoying as heck because yes. you'll get that flesh and blood. They can't be anything but flesh and blood because the one I saw was flesh and blood and that's all there is to it. And if you shoot it it bleeds and it's flesh and blood. And then the other person, right. it's a demon, it's a demon. Everything's a demon, you know, and you can't <laughs> There's no like middle ground, and I'm 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 right in the middle. I'm in, I'm completely in the middle. I'm like, hey, there could be both, and they're like, yeah, heretic, you know? Yeah, right. Yeah, unfortunately, there is that, and unfortunately, being female too, unfortunately, there will be some creeps that will prey on you in this community too. I don't I don't know if it happens to guys. I'm sure it does, but I've 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 found a lot of, <laughs> a lot of stuff. Well, I've been personally accosted by many, 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 right. really, yeah. really, 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 like, uh, old women. Right. <laughs> oh, wow. Just kidding. No, I haven't. <laughs> we definitely no, get our fair share of weirdos. There, there's some weirdos out there, yeah. but I, I've been uh, uh, kind of messed with by both men and women. Um, yeah. Not not in the stalkerish way, but just kind of aggravating to the point of, like, they just keep on and then if you don't respond, then it gets kind of <laughs> Vic. It gets weird. It gets weird. That Vic happens. told me that there'd be stuff like that, and I just thought, now oh, yes. I'll deal with it he when it when it comes, and, and it came. <laughs> he told me the same thing. We should we should make him a T-shirt that says this this subject brings out the weirdest of the weird because that's that's a quote direct quote from him that he gave me a long time ago. So yeah. So anyway, so so here I am. I I am a field researcher. I haven't done anything in the past year only because. Um, my career really got busy. Um, what do you do for a living? I um, well, I'm a chef by trade. I'm in I'm in the food service industry, and I have been essential, quote unquote, through this whole COVID thing. And I'm just my my schedule is just starting to normalize. I basically had only one day off a week, and I was working anywhere from sixty to seventy hours a week, and. I'm pretty tired. I have, you know, yeah. I haven't really caught up on rest yet. So, um, so I've been, I've been working through everything. Sounds but just like other us. things in life have kind of prevented me from researching. So I haven't really actually been out to the field since maybe last, last spring. And I really kind of just took a back seat from the community. Um, I, you know, you and I've talked personally, you know, some of the reasons why. I mean, oh, yeah. 
some ridiculousness that's been going on. So I've kind of distanced myself because I really, you know, there's other things I need to focus on besides getting, getting sucked into that. So, um, but I have done field research. I have had, um, so, so, and this is, this is one of the things that's really peculiar about this whole phenomenon. And I've talked to other people who have had multiple encounters like myself. Thank God there's, there's, there is that. So there's, there's people that I've been able to, to glean some information off of and, and we've been able to offer each other support. This, this thing about this phenomenon that's so weird is it seems like you can get a rash of um, activity and then there's nothing for years, maybe. And then there's more. But what I found out is for some reason you can move from state to state to state and still have things happening to you dealing with this, which, like I said, was really disturbing. But I've, I've talked to other people that have experienced the same thing. They've, they've, um, one friend of mine actually from Mississippi moved to Colorado and he told me he was, he was having activity about a year in and, um, it really kind of baffled him too, you know, and he's not, he's not a researcher, but he recognized he recognized the behaviors around a certain campsite he was going to. But when he lived in Mississippi, he was a habituator and he got in trouble with a, a group of Sasquatch because he stopped feeding them. So it's, you know, this whole phenomenon. And like, like you guys said, this is not an area that's been proven. So it makes it even more baffling when you're trying to figure things out. And there's certain things that seem to be absolutes even in the world of cryptids you know certain behaviors that are probably universal and then other stuff that just completely blows your mind like um you talked about my significant other okay so and i i don't know if you know he reached out to you he's he's a he's a very like he's a businessman by trade doesn't talk about this stuff but he's had the more that that we've talked the more he's realized he's had all kinds of strange stuff happen you want to talk about strange He's been out hiking because he wasn't working with this COVID thing. He's been find, finding painted rocks on this trail that he's been taking. And he thought they were pretty. He took them home. This past week, he found two more in his backyard. And he doesn't know how they got there. And it really freaked him out. Yeah, that's unsettling. Yeah. It's very unsettling. So he's still he's still trying to like almost recover from that because he's like, that's really, you know, he's like, how? You know, and I said, well, you know, I guess, I guess if they like you, they're, they're going to give you presents, you know? I'm really, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it's a gift and not like an act of war or something. Yeah. Like, right. <laughs> you know, but they're actually, they're, they're painted rock sets that a child did. You can tell their child paintings on them. You know, one has rainbows, one's heart. One is painted like the Millennium Falcon and another one is just painted purple. These are the, all the rocks that he's found in the last week. Two on a trail that's about 10 miles from his house and two in his backyard. So Lisa, when we've talked before, you you had told me that uh, your first encounters with any of these things started when you were a child. Yes. And so, do you want to start there as far as like the encounters? Do you want to talk about your ch- the, the childhood encounters? We can. I mean, I know I know you're familiar with uh, a lot of things, so whatever you want to ask me, we can talk about. But I, we can definitely talk about that one. If yeah. You like. Let's start with the, the 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 going back to the early days. Okay. Chapter one. Um, I was born. <laughs> So, I okay. So the thing is, like, as far as I know, these are the earliest memories I have. I don't know if anything was going on beforehand or not, but I know that I was at least four or five. I know the house that I lived in. Um, I I went to go see it this past summer. 
with my significant other because we were actually trying to figure out this, this was in a suburban neighborhood, trying to figure out how this even happened to begin with, which is still kind of mind boggling. Um, but from what I remember, um, there was a property that was behind my house that was in between two neighborhoods, if that makes sense. So you have neighborhood A, which is mine, neighborhood B, which is the one behind it. But this one house had um, kind of a large acreage and it was woods that backed right up into our backyard. So, you know, back in back in the 70s, you know, parents didn't keep track like they do now. <laughs> right. So I wandered all over the place. I was I was very much like that all through childhood. And I wandered all over that neighborhood and it started pretty young. And um, there was a path that was in our backyard that led to this these people's yard that had um, kind of a wooded yard, but there was a playhouse. So I, you know, and I, I think I only saw kids there one time. So I don't really know what the story was, but there was this playhouse with toys in it, um, toy dishes, you know, a little table, a couple, a couple of um, boxes full of stuff. And they had to cut out windows and cut out door. And so I think I just stumbled upon this one day. And so I would go in there and I would, you know, I would play knowing I wasn't supposed to be there. And for a while, I'd just be in there playing, and then I would just start to get this feeling uh, that would come over me. And for some reason, like I had no explanation at the time, I would just start to feel afraid. Mm -hmm. So I would run out of there, and I'd run back home. And so this went on for a while. And in fact, it was one day I brought my sister, my older sister, um, with me out there. And we kind of sat down for about two or three minutes and she got the same feeling and she said, you know what? I don't like this. Let's go back home. So I wasn't the only one picking up on, you know, the creepy vibe. Yeah. So one day I was back there playing and the people that own this house came home. And so I, I watched them pull into their driveway and I was too scared to move. So I was, I was trying to hide, but I was looking out the window watching at the same time. And I could see the lady of the house open up like uh, the sliding glass door and, and there was, you know, a screen, you know, and it was, it was back in the seventies, like I said, so, you know, she was very hippie-ish and um, she ended up putting some music on and I think she was learning to play guitar. So she put some music on and I'm watching her in her house do this. She's sitting on a cushion and she has a, an acoustic guitar and she starts playing and she's looking around outside. And so I don't know if this is related or not. Okay. But I'm, I'm going to just share the details of what happened with you. So she's playing music and all of a sudden all around me, I hear what sounds like, it sounds like the drone of bees, only the vibrations were much lower. The frequencies were lower and it was several. And remember I'm, I'm sitting inside the playhouse looking out. And so I'm surrounded by these different octaves of a vibration, like voices Okay. Yeah. And then um, all of a sudden, I something is is in my peripheral vision to my right, and I look in between the V of a birch tree. I see a singular black eye watching me. And then I I got scared and took off and ran. So the next thing, and I, I think maybe this was happening before this my first real encounter with Blondie. Um, between that. And really seeing her for the first time, um, the way our house was set up, it was it was small. It was my parents' starter home, you know. So it was me and my sister, and it was only a two bedroom. So my sister 
had the bedroom, but there was like an upstairs sort of loft area. That was my, that was my bedroom, my makeshift bedroom. And, um, at night I would wake up and I would look out the window and I would see eyes and they were red eyes. Sometimes it was one, sometimes it was several and they would be looking in the window at me. And I didn't know what it was at the time, you know, but it would freak me out. So I took to sleeping in between my bed and the wall. And I remember one morning my dad came up and I was, I was in a deep sleep and he came up and called my mom and they were in an all out panic because they couldn't find me. And so they finally found me between the wall and the bed. And, you know, he picked me up and he was like, why are you sleeping there? And I told him, um, because I didn't like the eyes watching me. And so he asked me to explain and I told him what they, you know, what they looked like. And I remember him looking really concerned when I said they were red eyes, but then he told me, he said, well, maybe, maybe it's just an owl. And, um, I didn't, you know, that was, I remember distinctly learning what an owl was then. Cause I didn't know what an owl was. Um, so he explained what an owl was. He said, well, maybe it's just an owl, you know, looking in the window at you. And so I used to, <laughs> I used to go down, you know, I'd go downstairs in the morning. I'd tell him that the owls were back. You know, and it became this thing. <laughs> right. Um, and I even remember one night being in my sister's room and there was a large maple tree that was outside uh, the house on her side where her bedroom was. And we sat there for a long time just watching this pair of, pair of eyes that was sitting in the tree or standing in the tree or, or, or it was just tall enough that it was, it could look in the window at us. I really don't know what, but I just remember these large red eyes and I mean like taillight red, you know. Um, looking in, not at the window, but definitely where the tree was just looking in at us and we were looking at it. And, um, I think after a while, my, my sister finally had enough and just kind of drew the, you know, drew the shades so that we couldn't see it anymore. Um, so I, th I'm thinking that that was going on before this next incident, which that I remember, and there may be things I've blocked out, but how old were I, your, was your sister? She's seven years older than me, so I, uh -huh. I'm guessing she was 11 or 12. So, so she would have had a little more clarity as far as like uh, what did she say it was or think it was or say – did she ever say what it looked like to her or what she thought it was? You know, it's – ironically, I haven't actually sat down and talked to them about this yet. And I mean I don't see them very much. Um, but I will tell you that she had an absolute fear of werewolves growing up and I don't think it ever left. And sooner or later, I'd love to, you know, sit down and pick her brain about why. But she was absolutely terrified of werewolves growing up. And I just, I feel like that just came from a place. But um, some of what I'll tell you later, I'm like, you might, you might understand more why. Um, because of some things, more things that we experienced together. But um, no, she wasn't afraid of it. I do remember that for sure. She didn't seem afraid. It just, we didn't know what it was. Um, and, and I think we were just kind of curious about it. And um after a while, you know, like I said, she was just kind of like, okay, that's enough, and just shut the window. But she wasn't, like, afraid, afraid, because we just didn't know what it was. Um, so I do remember the next the next memory that I have was going outside, heading up the path towards the playhouse, and my path getting blocked. And looking up at this creature... Um, that had its, it had like its right body, the right side of his body was blocking the path. Okay. So she's blocking the path. I just remember blonde, you know, blonde fur. Um, and this is, this is the description I gave to, to Vic, you know, at first. And this is why he told me that he thought it was a type three dog man. 
So she had black, you know, like really kind of chocolate brown eyes, a little bit of white, but she did have like almost like the pushed in nose, like a pug would. So you could see like the black of a nose and it really, if there was a muzzle, it was buried underneath really thick hair or fur. So kind of a flat faced sort of. Kind of flat faced, but she had, her ears really kind of reminded me more of a lynx ears and they were on the side of her head, not on the top of her head. Right. So they were on the side and you could see, you could see like, like almost like a tuft of hair. I mean, like I was staring up into her face and she was just kind of looking down at me. And then there was a noise behind her and she turned her head and behind her was another creature that was so tall that his head was up in the maple tree. This is the same maple tree that we, my sister and I saw eyes in. Okay. So I couldn't, I could see black eyes, couldn't make out the face, but its hair or fur was red. It was like an auburn color, like you would see on a Bigfoot, Bigfoot, right? So that color. So that's why for a while I just thought, I just thought they were Bigfoot until, like I said, I heard other descriptions. So anyway, um, I I remember yelling at the second one because it was, it turned around, it turns back to me and it started tearing up my parents' vegetable garden. And I yelled at it saying, I'm going to tell my dad on you. And I ran into the house and shut the door. But I know that's exactly, that was my response. Yeah, no, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I ran into the house and shut the door, but she moved so quickly. Like, I I have no idea how far away I was from the house. Yeah. But she was on the stoop and she was looking in the the house and looking at me in the kitchen. And I remember shutting the storm door, locking the door. And that's, that's when fear kicked in. Like it, it really kicked in because I was scared that she was going to come in and hurt. Yeah, that's my, when you realized how kind of serious. Yeah, that what this, you just this, witnessed was. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I went into the living room and my parents were in there. My dad, my dad never had a filter, right? I told my dad, um, you know, or to my parents, there's monsters in the in the garden and they're they're ripping it up. My dad's reaction was BS. I won't cuss because I'm sure you have kids, you know, listening. But that's what he told me at five years old. <laughs> and my, well, I don't think we have kids mother. listening, but we don't yeah. want to make the YouTube <laughs> YouTube commanders upset with us. So. Right. We're being watched so, vigilantly. Right. So I, I said, or he said BS to me and my mom walked into the kitchen and I, I watched her go and she looked right out into the backyard, you know, looked, looked back and forth and looked around, looked at the garden and she said, nope, no monsters. And I remember running over and looking out and I was like, but I swear, I swear she was, she was just there or I didn't say she, but I swear they were just there. Yeah. And, um, my mom, my mom telling me, okay, now, you know, Lisa, we don't lie about things like this. We don't make up stories about monsters and all this other stuff. So, um, I was pretty upset. Did you tell them to refer to the garden that had been ripped up? Yeah. She looked at it and, and at that time it was fine. So the oh, strange funny. thing was, I don't know if it was the same day or the next day, but I remember playing and my, my parents called me, they called me from outside the house. Like they were loud, told me to come outside. And when I went outside, their, their garden was destroyed. Ooh. Yeah, it was absolutely <laughs> Yeah. The <laughs> only thing that was left, strangely enough, was the, the tomato plants, just the tomato plants. That was it. I guess they didn't like tomatoes. But, well, you know, it's also related to nightshade. Right, and I, so and I don't know if they if you know might be because I've talked about this before and we've been, but I've been in discussions with people who pondered why didn't they like the tomatoes but 
that might be why they're actually related to the nightshade family. So um, I don't know if they view this as toxic, but, you know, everything was squashed, but there were things taken too. And there were footprints and there were large footprints um, from what I could tell. And so my mom was like, tell me what happened again. So I told her what I saw and she looked at my dad. My dad's like, uh, at the time, my dad was, was, a high, was a high school teacher. And he was really into like, you know, in search of, because it was, it was out oh, back yeah. then. Back then. Yeah. He was, he used to, he used to be really be heavily into UFO, the whole UFO phenomenon, even back then and, and all of that stuff. So I think I kind of got my, besides having experiences, I think I got my love for this kind of stuff from my father. Like I inherited it from my dad. And so he told my mother, okay, well, you know, some of my students know I'm into this stuff. So somebody must be playing a trick on us. And she was like, well, why did they leave the tomatoes alone? And how do you explain the footprints? You know, and they, they were cleaning it up. And so regardless, because they weren't sure, they decided to make me help them clean the garden up in case I had done it. So, <laughs> so I ended up cleaning the garden up with them. And um, I have, and because this is, you know, um, paranormal roundtable, um, I'll go ahead and share this other experience that I had that I'm still really not sure what happened. It was either a dream or something strange happened, but I used to, I used to be a sleepwalker when I was a kid. And I mean, in fact, like to the point where it'd be bad, like my mom would put me down for a nap. I'd wake up in another part of the neighborhood and they'd have to bring me home. Wow. Yeah. My cousin um, used to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was very, so, uh, yeah. I have this very strange memory of, I don't know if it was a dream or reality, but I do remember. I woke up in those woods behind my house and it was in the middle of the night. Okay. And the first thing that I saw was, was Blondie almost like I'd surprised her and she saw me. And I remember her just kind of making like a, like a pleasant squeal. Like she was pleasantly surprised that I was there, but there were these other beings around her. And the only thing I can remember about them was just, they were all black and, and like black hair, but they were really tall. And I don't remember craning my head to look up. I was just kind of like face to face with maybe their navel. Okay. But the strange thing is a, is a voice entered my mind and it was a very feminine calming voice that asked me, you know, what are you doing here? And then the next thing I remember was kind of standing at the ed, the, end, the edge of the wood line. And the same voice asked me, is that your house? And I, I told her yes. And then um, the only other thing that I really remember was waking up on the stoop right outside the kitchen door. And that's it. And going back in and feeling really disturbed about how I'd gotten there and going back in. So I'll throw that in. That's not something that I've, I've shared with too many people because it's something that's really confused me over the years because I don't know what that was. I don't know if that was, you know, if that was a dream. I don't know if that was mind speak, which, you know, I know people, some people have heard of and perhaps experienced. That's what it sounds like. Was. Yeah, it was very strange. But the weird thing about her voice was, I mean, it was, it was one of the most beautiful voices I think I'd ever heard. Yeah. You know, um, so and very, very motherly. Right. So, so these things around Blondie, do, do you think that like that might've been like, uh, I don't know how to say like, 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 like maybe relatives of some sort or like maybe part of her pack or, you know, where, because it seems like she's the, uh, she's, she's more the, uh, the, uh, the uh, peaceful figure 
and like these stories because the other ones just seem to like tear stuff up and just kind of be around looking kind of menacing or um you know ultimately i think that she was a juvenile okay yeah um, see that's wasn't yeah. big she wasn't big okay the the other ones were a lot bigger than she was right um or she was something else altogether but she, you know i don't I don't think she could have been any more than like five or five and a feet, five and a half feet tall. And the only reason why I say that is because when I started to have memories of her, my then um, youngest child was, was just coming out of toddlerhood. So I used to, I used to sometimes have her stand next to me and I would like recreate what I saw in perspective of a, of a child that <laughs> right. size. Yeah. And I'm, I'm only five one. I'm short. Oh, okay. So I don't think she was very tall. Yeah. Um, and in fact, like, you know, I'll, I'll get into why I call her she in a minute, but like, um, it also, you know, next, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. I wanted to say something. It also sounds almost like, uh, some of the things that were going on surrounding these, uh, entities or whatever you want to call them. It, it sounds very, um, spiritual. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it does. Uh, it sounds like that because I've always thought that they have a very spiritual quality to them. I mean, they can be physical, and they can be both, you know. Right. And but I mean, I just it sounds like it's very, um, like they were attracted to you. For one, you could see them, which I think some mm -hmm. people can't, you know. Right. And they can manifest themselves as physical, and and then there's there's the ones that people say are just purely physical, but. I don't think it's either one or the other, you know, and, and it's, it's very, yeah. it's weird how you, how you stumble upon these things. And then you had these experiences. And then of course you were a sleepwalker, which people that, that go into that state of sleepwalk, mm -hmm. uh, my nephew who's in the studio with us right now, actually, he yeah. used to sleepwalk, uh, <laughs> and he would freak me out. I'd be over there at my <laughs> sister's house and I'd wake up and laying on the couch and he's standing over me, just staring at me, holding oh, yeah, a power, power ranger, ranger over my face. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Zane knows that story. And he, and Anthony's, you know, he's sitting there looking at me all creepy and, yeah. you know, I come out of the bathroom and he's standing right there in front of me, staring into my chest. And I'm like, Whoa, yeah. this is weird. And there, it, it almost looks like a trance. My son did it for a long time. He was, he was a sleepwalker and he would, you know, he would come into the room in the middle of the night and, and he'd be talking and he wasn't awake. Oh, <laughs> and then we had to just kind of let him wake up and then, just that look of confusion when they wake up and they're just like, what am I doing in here? Well, it's know? like they're in another plane of existence. Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. It's very strange. And and for you, it must have been really, because if you were waking up in different parts of the neighborhood, you must have been yep. wandering around like, man, you're lucky you didn't get hurt. That's like I a know. severe case of sleepwalking. Like, yeah. Like, most like, people like, grow out of it, though. Mo yeah. Most people don't leave their house. So, I mean, that's, they, they, that's, <laughs> yeah. Pretty, yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah. And uh, my friend's <laughs> mom, when, when she went, she had a surgery. And this is for a whole nother, it could be a whole nother show right here. But my friend Mitch, his mom had a surgery and she would get in the car and drive and go and be in the next county. Yeah. And did not know how she got there. She'd wake up and be like, I'm at the, you know, at the Texaco or whatever, and she would call, and they'd be like, "What? Why are you at the Conoco or Texaco, or whatever?" And she's like, "Well, I don't know where I'm at, you know." And then, and then they'd have to go get her. And it was after she had a surgery um, that was supposed oh. to be like non that not that invasive, yeah. and it did something. She almost uh, died because of the um, what is that stuff they put on you? The, 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 the gas? They give, oh, oh, yeah, anesthesia. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. They had a hard time bringing her back, and then. 
after that, she was kind of in a fog for a while. And then when she would see me, she kept calling me by my, by our other friend's name when we were kids. And I'm like, what? And she would say that. And I was like, no, I'm, that's not me. I'm not him. Right. And then she would talk about my mom and she'd be really talking about my aunt, you know, and it was just weird. And then and before that she was a nurse and she was pretty normal. Mm-hmm. And then she started sleepwalking. And I remember staying the night over there one night and I went to the restroom and I come out and she's just kind of standing in the hallway facing the wall, just kind of bobbing back and forth. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah, that's and it really, it really scared me, dude. <laughs> and then weird. she was like, oh, hi, Ronald. And I don't know who Ronald was. And I'm like, what? And she's like, do you want some cake? And I'm like, Sure, I was a little kid, you know. So we went to the we went to the kitchen, and she was like pulling out cake and ice cream and throwing it on the table. Wow! And, yeah, and I was just kind of weirded out. And then I said, I'm, "I'm gonna go back to the restroom." And then I just ran to my friend's room, and then he had to go in there and get her under control and be like, "Mom, what are you doing?" And it's really amazing how like the human mind works because you know, it is. like they say that when like you're driving, that like if you're really like adept at driving, like at some point you do kind of just zone out, and then huh? like certain facilities of your mind just kind of take over and you're yeah. kind of like in an autopilot, autopilot. And, and, and like mm-hmm. i feel like that's kind of what that is well, i've driven across would, country and so it's happened yeah yeah like yeah you know uh travis he yeah that's that's your cousin yeah, yeah he used to get up for like no reason and like i called him one night it was maybe like three in the morning and he would walk out of his room and, and his eyes were closed like mm-hmm. i knew de- that's who you were talking yeah, about definitely closed and he 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 walked into the, like the uh like right next to the uh fridge where where like we had this little pantry with a uh where where like we threw like the uh, trash and everything away and he just opened it up and would start peeing in the trash can and I'm just like uh hello and he would just oh. ignore me and then he would walk right by me right back to the room and <laughs> I mean the adults do that too I <laughs> mean like our, our aunt Linda you know she she had that boyfriend who the weirdo that always dressed in camouflage. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he go, he showed up at my cousin's wedding in camouflage, <laughs> and and like he he went into her closet and just urinated in the closet. And I was like, <laughs> I went over there one day to use the restroom, and I'm, I had she's a psycho, she's a, a, a clinical child psychologist, whatever. Yeah. And so we were we were trading books, you know, several years ago. And so I went over there to pick up a book that was very rare that she had, and I wanted to read it. And so I gave her the old ones back, and I said, can I use your restroom? Well, uh, Pam, her sister, was in the other restroom, so I said, well, let me use yours. And she kind of was apprehensive about it, and I said, look, I got to use it. I'll, I'll be right out. you know. So I, I went through her bedroom into the master bedroom, and I smelled something like pee, and I thought, you know, that – that. uh kiddo her dog had peed in the and i said your dog must have peed she's like no i was like and then when she started telling me i was like are you kidding me and she's like well he sleepwalks i'm like he's 48 years old and he's getting up and peeing in your closet you know and then she's like and here's weird though she said he has night terrors well when i talked to him at, at one of the family functions that he would show up at and act weird at he started talking to me he comes and sits down on a bale of hay uh because we had this wedding you know and he showed up and he was like so I hear you see werewolves. And I'm like, what What are you talking about? I'm like, you got your wires crossed, dude. And he's right. like, no, I heard you see them. I see them too. Which wow. I thought was interesting that he said that because he told me a weird story about like seeing a fairy in, in Aunt Linda's yard. And I couldn't remember if, if he was supposedly sleepwalking when that happened. So I asked him about it. I'll just, uh, I'll call him Jeff. I won't say his name. But I said, Jeff, do you, do you, I heard that you, you sleepwalk, you know, and, and stuff. And he goes, yeah. And he told me about these things that he would see and he couldn't remember whether it was like a dream or reality. And it was weird to me because maybe he was actually seeing them during his sleepwalk. Mm. You know what I mean? So that it's weird that you had that, that, that you were a sleepwalker 
-hmm. And then you saw these things that would happen. It makes me wonder if you were in tune to something else because when Anthony was a kid, he would sleepwalk in this one particular house. But then when they moved from that house, he quit doing it. And that house was a house that was reputed to have been uh, haunted. Uh, there were people that had lived there before and after that had said that there were entities in that house. And whenever I was in that house, I would always see like a shadow in the corner of my eye in the living room, which would kind of bother me, you know. But, uh, you know, I would sleep in the, in the, in the living room when I, when, it, when I would stay with her, I'd stay at my sister's. I'd just be like, Hey, I'm going to crash here and leave in the morning, you know, cause I'd, I'd be drinking in the garage with her, with, with her husband, <laughs> you know, during a function or something. And I'd have a few beers and I didn't want to drive home I and mean, I never got smashed or anything, but I would feel uncomfortable. And then Anthony would wake up, would wake me up hovering around, you know, and, and I would just be like, what's wrong with this kid? But then when they moved from that house, he, he stopped doing it. So I think that there's something to the whole sleepwalking and paranormal activity. It seems like that there it goes hand in hand. So you seeing these entities or these creatures appearing to you, you could be on a different vibration or a, a wavelength that made you special to, to, that you were able to encounter them. And I really believe that that's probably the case because, of course, I'm biased because I know you. I know the whole story of you what you've told me, but <laughs> yeah. but but that is what I have thought before because we've talked about this, and I think that that could be what was going on. I think there's something to the whole sleepwalk thing. I mean, yeah, whatever part of your brain is akin to that is probably what's active while you're seeing these things. Yeah, you know? I mean, it, it shuts down something and opens something else up. Yeah, you know? but anyway, carry on, Lisa. That we we kind of delved into that, but go ahead. Okay. Um, and, and just as a side note, because you, you talked about like the house that your, your relative was in, like how he was, you know, sleepwalking until he moved. Oddly enough, okay, so my hometown's Bennington, Vermont. Um, <clears throat> it is, it has an area that's known as the Bennington Triangle. It's also been mentioned in David Polite's, um, oh, yeah. One Eastern, yeah, the Eastern edition, yeah. There's been a lot of strange, strange stuff there. David's got some um, really good work, really good books, very in depth. Yeah. So, um, when I, and I never knew any of this stuff until after I'd moved away and I, I found out later and then just made me wonder more and more about a lot of the stuff that I experienced. But anyhow, um, okay. So I think the next, the next real, like real detailed encounter that I remember, um, my parents had a friend of theirs come over and he brought his little girl and she was, you know, and she was my age. And, you know, some little kids are, like, super shy or whatever, just want to be their, their, be with their parents. She she was kind of still in that phase, I guess, in life. And so my sister and I brought her upstairs because that's where all the toys were and we were playing and everything. But every few minutes she would just start crying because she wanted her dad. Right? Right. So I'm trying really hard to, you know, entertain her. And then all of a sudden the um, playhouse pops into my mind. And I tell her, I said, hey, do you want to see, you know, do you want to see my secret place? And so that got her attention. I don't even know who this kid was. I don't even know who the parent was now. I have no memory of who they were. You know? Because people have asked me that. The answer is no. I don't know who this was. Um, but I brought her to the playhouse. And we were, you know, everything was good. We were, I think we were having a tea party or something. I don't know. And all of a sudden, um, the big red creature walks past so it, it it came from somewhere in the woods. It walked past the cutout windows and the cutout door. Again, this thing was, was so big, couldn't see the head. I could only see pretty much from, like, maybe the bicep down. 
it walks past and right behind it is Blondie. So Blondie looks in the window. She's looking at this little girl <clears throat> and she makes direct eye contact with me. The little girl sees her and, you know, starts to whimper and then starts crying and is pretty much trying to bury herself into the corner of the playhouse. I dive under the table and Blondie pretty much wedges her body in, into the cutout door. Okay. Right. I'm right underneath her. I mean, I'm, I'm inches from her legs. Okay. So I get a really good look at her legs. <laughs> I get a really good look at her feet. Mm -hmm. She is showing her, like, she somehow, I think, had, like, her arms folded on the roof of this thing. And she's looking down at me, and she's baring her teeth, and she's making a lot of noise. Okay? It sounds like growling. It kind of sounded like vocalization. It almost sounded like her trying to verbalize, but there's a a lot of noise that, that ends up just coming out of her. Okay? And that's, you know, and I see her teeth, and they were... Vic and I have talked about this a few times. I I described them as jagged. I mean, they were definitely uniform and all the same same shape, but it looked like a zigzag, you know, zigzag line, almost like Charlie Brown's shirt, like that zigzag on his right. on yeah. his shirt. Her teeth look like that. Okay, and um, she's looking down at me and she's making a bunch of noise, and I'm I'm in tears, and I remember um looking at her legs. They were straight legs. You almost see like there almost seemed to be like an indentation where a knee would be. But the tops of her feet are almost sort of like rounded on top. And I don't know what possessed me at the time, but like I, oh, the, the little girl tells me that she just peed herself and that made her cry harder. Okay. So I start pounding on her feet. I pound on, on Blondie's feet and I scream at her to move. And that somehow snapped her out of whatever state she was in. She got quiet. She kind of looked at me like, you know, WTF, basically. And then just quickly moved off. And as soon as she was out of there, this little girl and I were, were out of there. And we start running down the path. And her dad is in my backyard calling for her. And, um, you know, I mean, just as soon as, as soon as she sees him, I mean, she runs to him. She's in hysterics. He's like, what's wrong? You know, what happened? And, you know, being a kid, I think like my first instinct was I'll be in trouble. You know, so I just said she had an accident. She peed on herself. So he was, he was angry. I remember that very clearly. He was very angry with her because she had, she wet herself. And so he took her home. Um, I immediately, and it's like, and it's so weird because I really don't know where some of these feelings are like these impressions in my mind came from, but something in my mind just felt like if I didn't go back and tell her, tell Blondie I was sorry for hitting her that I might be in trouble with her. So I immediately went back into the woods and I remember talking. And by that point, it's like, it's late afternoon, late, you know, early evening. And there are storm clouds. I remember this, a lot of this distinctly, mostly because I've talked about it with, with so many people. I've even like talked to a few people in the medical field uh, about this subject, but I do remember that there were storm cl clouds gathering and um, I started talking, and all of a sudden she was there. I don't even know where she came from. Okay, so you, you want to talk about the whole whatever they are, interdimensional, yeah, spiritual, blood. yeah. I don't know. She just was there. I, I don't I don't even remember how she got there. She just was there. Okay. And I remember I ended up sitting down, and I was I was cross legged, and she sat down and mimicked me. 
She did exactly the same thing, right? So we're sitting across from each other and looking at each other and she's sniffing the air and her eyes are just moving back and forth. And there was this video, and I guess it was a fake, but there was a video that came out, um, cause I'm comparing her eyes to this video, came out several years ago of what I guess we all thought was probably a baby Bigfoot from Russia, but apparently it was, it was a monkey that they dressed up, but the <laughs> eyes were nocturnal. Like they, they were kind of bulbous in, in a sense, like the, like the pupils were really big and dark, right? Her eyes looked like that. And I remember her just looking me over. And here's, here's one of the parts that still kind of freaks me out to this day. Okay. So I'm pretty sure I hit her on the foot three times. And I remember saying to her, I'm really sorry I hit you. She reached out and she patted me on the head three times. But it, her, I remember it being, there was so much strength behind this. that I remember my, my teeth clicking. And then the next thing I remember, she grabbed me and I think I blacked out because I have no memory of anything that happened between her grabbing me and me waking up on the forest floor with her. So she grabs me, had me to her side, and I remember just, you know, I was afraid, I was scared I wasn't going to see my mom again. And, and she's on her back, almost like, like, like a couple's embrace in a way. So she has me pinned into her side, and I'm too scared to move. And I feel panic welding up. And again, and, and I don't know where this came from, but it wasn't as strong as whatever that experience was. But I had a voice enter my mind again and, and say to me, whatever you do, don't panic and just lay still. And I don't, I don't know if that was, I feel like it could have been God. I, I feel like it just was, was something like someone somewhere was, was kind of watching out for me and just sort of intervened in that moment. It was just like, whatever you do, just lay still. And so I laid there. Um, I have some, some friends here. Uh, I'm friends with a couple here and, She's a nurse and we had dinner one night and I told him this story and I told her that I got to a point where my left side went numb and I was starting to hurt because I'd been in that position for so long. And she said, okay, she said, you may have been in that position from anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour. So she had me in that position for that long. The whole time she was, she was making vocals again. All right. She was vocalizing. It wasn't growling. It just was vocalizing. It sounded like a voice, but it sounded like a really rough voice. Um, and I really can't describe what I heard. It just, it wasn't a person talking. I've had, I've had people ask me that. I've had people ask me, it sounds like a language. Maybe it's a language. I don't know, but it. Have it you was, seen videos of, of uh, sorry, sorry to just cut you off, but like, have you seen yeah. videos of uh, dogs that like try and talk to their owners? What it sound, like something like that? Kind of like that, but it was higher. Okay. So like, like maybe kind of forced sort yeah. of. Yeah. And she was, she was sort of shuffling her feet, like in the leaf litter. I mean, it's, you know, it's Vermont leaves don't really go anywhere. Yeah. They fall in, in like forest. So she's kind of shuffling her feet and that. I remember that. And so I very slowly started to move because like she didn't have that much of a tight group. Like she released it by that point. Right. I started to move so I could adjust myself and, and I was, you know, saying it's, it's okay. You know, and I, I looked at her and, it, and it's, and it's so weird. Cause like I said, I just, I like recently 
recently I was talking to my significant other about this and we actually kind of sort of reacted like, you know, my position, how close we actually were. And so I looked, I was looking right in her eyes, telling her it's okay. And I remember rolling over and I gently touched her, her chest. And when I did, she bristled the same way a feline does when you lightly touch a cat, like on the back, they bristle. She did that. And she kind of winced for a minute and she kind of was looking at me like, what are you doing? And then she relaxed and she looked away and she started kind of the verbalization again. But I was so close to her that I could see, and it was definitely fur and it was oily and I didn't smell anything at the time. Okay. But underneath the fur was the small rise of what looked like two breasts. Okay. Hmm. That's why I call her a she. Right. And the legs, you you got a good look at the legs. The legs were very straight, human-like. They were straight legs. Um, If anything, for some reason, okay, this is the one thing that comes to mind because the Muppets were out back then, all right? And I don't know if you remember who Mush Mush is, like the big monsters that they had. Yeah, oh yeah. Like she was that color too, you know? Um, But it was, they were straight legs. And like I said, the the top of her foot kind of looked domed. Her, when she reached out, she didn't have a hand. It looked more like a mitt. It was more mitt-like. Okay? Which is something I've never really understood. But it was more mitt-like. Um, and she, you know, we're, we're laying there. I started to feel, slowly start feeling like, okay, I think I'm going to be okay. And then she dropped me and she flipped over on all fours. And she was looking past me and this this growl just kind of vibrated out of her chest. Okay? So it wasn't even like really coming from the throat. And then I heard my sister calling my name. Like a purr, but like really loud. Um. Would that be how you kind of describe it? Maybe, but, or like, almost like a growl, but it was like deep. Yeah. Just real, you know, real, uh, real, uh, what's the word? Um, guttural? Yeah, there you go. Yes. Yeah. I guess, I guess so, you know. I mean, it was definitely menacing. Like, I mean, she went from. High alert. Yeah, she yeah. and she was all business. It was different. I and mean, that looked like a killer, you know. Well, she um, seems to be very protective of you. I mean. I don't know. I've heard, you know, and I've heard so many different theories about this. And I still don't even really know myself. But, like, um, she growled. And I, I remember saying, hey, that's my sister. And as soon as I did that, she stopped. And she kind of, like, glanced at me for a minute. And I remember her walking off on all fours. And I, <laughs> I went running out of there. <laughs> Found my sister and I was like, oh my God, you got to, you know, you got to come with me. Come see my friend. And she just looked me over <laughs> absolutely disgusted because I, I, my hair was filled with leaves. Yeah, probably very it, dirty by that point. I was dirty as, as I'll get out, <laughs> I guess. And she said I stunk. I couldn't smell anything. Yeah. But she was like, you smell. She's like, what were you doing? You know? And, and I wanted her to come see my friend. She's like, never mind that. Dad's really angry. You know, we got to eat, and she she just was, you know, she was going off on me because he didn't know where I was, and he went off on her. So, yeah. Um, they brought me brought me into the house. It was dinner time. My dad sat me down. Um, my dad is starting to get, which which he's starting to get senile, unfortunately. So he doesn't really have a clear memory on a lot of things, which is really strange. Um, so I can bring up things like this, and he, the only thing that he remembers about that time was that he said. The idea of me going to those woods and playing really scared him, but he doesn't remember why, which is kind of interesting. Um, but what he told me was 
he said, what, you know, he asked me, so what happened this afternoon? And I, again, I, I, I lied to my dad, you know, thinking I was in trouble. And I, so she got scared and she peed herself, which was part of, part of the truth. I just told him that much. <laughs> right. And, um, and he said, okay, well, I just got off the phone with, you know, whoever it was, whoever her dad was. And, um, he told me everything. He said that he had to uh, bring his little girl to the ER and she was in hysterics and she told him everything that happened. And um, I think he asked me again what happened and I refused to tell him. And he said, okay. Um, he said, then I, I absolutely forbid you. Sorry for the background noise. My, my daughter had to come in and get something. But um, I absolutely forbid you from going into those woods you know, ever again. And he had to explain what that was because you know, he was using big words. But I, I remember learning a new word and stuff. So that was, that was kind of it. And I do remember, and <clears throat> I do remember that, excuse me, remember my mom getting me after and she was like, you know, you smell really bad and take, and then I could smell it. Like, I don't know if it was an adrenaline thing and I couldn't smell it at first, Yeah. but then I could smell it. And, and, and I, it just kind of smelled like, from what I can remember, really just kind of smelled like baby diapers. That's, that's <laughs> oh. the only person I can give you is not a pleasant smell. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if she emanated that maybe once she got scared when she heard my sister. Well, she's probably that, just just smelly or she to just begin with. Bad. Yeah. And, and, and like I think, you know, like when you're uh, kind of taking care of like a lot of dogs, because I used to work at like a dog rescue. Yeah. And there'd be like kennels. And, you know, when like you first walk in, it's, it's, it's just horrible smelling, you know, because they're all like in one area, you know, there's right. like this damp, you know just like just, bleach and poop yeah and yeah, just, yeah just like real musty smell but like you know 30 45 minutes ago by and, and and like it's like you you don't really yeah, even notice no. it because you just get used to yeah. it like you know yeah like i mean i'm sure and there's I, a level remember, of that going on. i actually remember crying i remember yeah. sitting in the bathtub i remember crying that was that was a, a recently new memory that came to me and i actually kind of you know feeling that sadness and just really confusion because i didn't know what, really understand what happened and my my last clear memory of her uh, my dad basically had told me he didn't even want me in the backyard. Okay. He, he didn't want me on that side of the house whatsoever. Yeah. It was getting worrisome. Yeah. So, um, I took to playing in the front yard and playing on our, on our front stoop. And, um, I remember I was out there playing one day and all of a sudden I think I, I looked kind of to my right and, um, could see like this, this half, half of the space and this eye kind of pressed up against the house with peering around and it was her watching me right and i remember and this is one of, again one of those things that's just really weirded me out okay so i remember standing up and i i don't think i looked at her but i remember saying very clearly to her i'm really sorry but i can't play with you anymore and the weird part was i had this incredible sadness just wash over me and i i to this day i'm still not sure if it was her her feelings or my feelings i had a little bit of both yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, I think that's like a severance kind of that, like, both of y'all felt because she didn't understand what was going on. And maybe she saw you kind of just playing and not coming out that much or something like, you know, yeah. I mean, like, it's hard to know how old she was, too. Yeah. I mean, right. like, I mean, like, she she could have been like a, you know, like, like you said, like a juvenile. And she mm -hmm. she she thought that you were just like another one of her little friends or something that she would, you know go and play with or, you know, be around. So, yeah, you didn't tell her you stink and that's why we can't play. Right. <laughs> no, 
No, I mean, mm, I actually I felt would've. really bad. My dad says you smell and you can't come over anymore. I would, I would have like used that. I would have been like, my parents think you smell, and but you know what? You can terrorize them, and they'll buy me <laughs> presents and gifts, and we can go to well, the water park together, right? Here's here's the weird thing, man. Okay, you're talking about that. Okay, when I stopped playing in the backyard. Um, I was finding, because daisies are my favorite flowers, ironically, they always have been. I started finding daisies on the on the back stoop. And they'd be like right in the middle. Like somebody was leaving daisies. All right? But you want to talk about terrorizing. And so I, I guess there was a retaliation. And I, But the thing is, I don't remember when this happened. But um, in that house, uh, very distinctly, I do remember my sister was gone. Like she was spending the night at a friend's house. And I think I was upstairs taking a nap or doing something. And there was just this noise, just a bunch of racket, like on, on top of the um, roof, um, like footsteps, growling, howling, pounding. And I remember going downstairs and my, my mother and my father were standing in the living room, staring up at the ceiling. Mm-hmm. And we had this dog and um, I'm sure most people, you know, have that one dog from childhood that meant a lot that that was this dog okay she was she was a crazy border collie that um got rescued she was running with a pack of feral dogs and my my dad adopted her when i was a baby and she was and she was real close to me really protective of me so that that was kind of my dog this dog wasn't afraid of anything and she was laying on the floor shaking and um my parents were staring at the ceiling and i'm like what is that and they were trying, they were like, you know, shh, because I, I think they were scared that whatever it was might hear me. And so um, they start whispering to each other. And my dad's like, okay, you, you know, to my mom, he's like, you grab, you grab Lisa, going to grab the dog. We're going to, we're going to go in the bedroom. And so they counted, I think they counted three. I got scooped up. He picked up the dog. And I remember we went into their room and the only thing he had for defense was a twenty-two. Ooh, so, I ain't doing nothing. I know. He had a twenty-two <laughs> rifle, right? So he locks the door. We're getting in bed, and he he got he got it. He loaded it, and he put it next to the next to the door in case he needed it. And um, I remember falling asleep that night and waking up the next morning. And my dad, you know, went outside and checked everything to make sure it was okay before we left the room. But I. I don't know if that happened after I told her I couldn't play with her or not, or if it just happened sometime in between. Um, but that's, those are my blondie stories. That's, um, and those were the most intense, um, cryptid encounters that, that I had. And those, those are the only ones where I had physical contact as far as I know. Yeah. Sounds like it. That's amazing. Yeah. I don't think I, I've I, ever heard I, these I stories. So. I mean, <laughs> I, like, this is know, new for me. It's so weird. I have mixed feelings about it. I mean, there's literally been times when um, I've started a conversation with people about it, and I'm just like, you know, I don't want to talk about this. Um, I think, you know, after I talked to, to Vic about it, I, I experienced symptoms of PTSD for at least a few months. I had nightmares, um, was just real jumpy all the time, didn't feel, you know, felt ill. Um, I think cause I was really still trying to wrap my head around the fact that it happened. And even, like I said, even sometimes when I'm still talking about it and just I'm like, you know, did this, did this happen? Am I crazy? Am I crazy? You know? Um, but that was part of the reason why I didn't, I didn't, I didn't go public with it for a really long time, but it's also the reason why I chose to use an alias because 
I mean, this is not a part of my everyday life. You know, I, I mean, I, I I'm, I'm a, you know, I have a full-time job and I'm a single mom and that's mostly what, what my life consists of, you know? So, you know, it does, that's my Blondie story. So folks, that's all the time we have for tonight. We're going to do a part two of this on Wednesday and then the following Friday we'll do the part three. So you're getting three episodes in like a week span. So I hope you appreciate that. Uh, This ain't easy. Just want you to know that. All right. Good night.